When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line. Corks 96 FM. I want to start the program this morning by highlighting the tremendous work of a Corkman in the UK. His name is James Chisholm, and he runs a boxing gym called The Locker Room in South End, near London. And grew up in Toker, but he's been there now for ah, 20 years or more, and he's raising his own kids there and whatever. But he's doing remarkable work to try to keep youngsters away from a life of crime and a life of gangs and a life of knives and I heard about him a little while back and got the chance to catch up with him last evening James your name came up suggested to us in fact by a listener when we were discussing crime and young people and knives and gangs a number of weeks ago it was good to get a chance to, to chat with you originally from Toker based in Essex for quite a number of years you, you run a, a gym boxing club over there and and you have a, a, a passion I think for leading young lads away from a life of crime, or at least trying to. Where did that interest come from, James? Uh, well, well, I suppose it's something I kind of fell into, really. I mean, I didn't plan on uh, opening up. I mean, I didn't really know my location as such. When I opened up a gym in South Bend and Essex, I've seen so much, so much of an increase, really, in, in crime, and especially knife and violent crime, over the last 20 years, over the 20 years I've been there. It was like a totally different town, to be honest, 20 years ago. And year by year, things have got worse and worse. And I, whether I think, you know, London is spreading out and it's just a big influx of, of kind of county line drug crime and violent crime and things have just got, I mean, the statistics are worrying to know what it's like in Cork myself uh, over there. But yeah, the, the numbers aren't looking good. No, they're not looking good here at all. We, we have a, a really serious problem with, with the the possession of knives, the carrying of knives in the city. And some people say it's just waiting to explode. You you have seen firsthand the impact, haven't you? Yeah, certainly. I mean, where we're located, we're right in the, in the train station, actually, in South End. So we're literally in the middle of the, the county lines. And unfortunately, only last weekend, and it was all over the uh, the news over here, but we had, this, we had a 17-year-old boxer that was stabbed at five o'clock in broad daylight. 
and he unfortunately died and obviously the investigation was ongoing One of your own lads was it? He, he boxed in a neighbouring club actually not just a couple of miles away from us but yeah he's a neighbour of ours basically 17 years old I mean and the kid the kid that done it was uh, only a young and that's 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 two lives gone and two families ruined and yeah it's it's very yeah, it's very 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 sad and uh, you know you think your kids are safe but five o'clock in the afternoon you worry about them if you're picking them up from a nightclub and you get a bit older but you think they'd be safe at five o'clock in broad daylight you know yeah now I'll get to the amnesty and and the idea you had for it in in a while but growing up in Cork like your own experience of growing up yes I mean when I mean when I said growing up I always feel I was really in a lucky situation that I was obviously always into boxing from a very very young age so I felt like you know I was just guided and mentored and kind of empowered really and inspired by people around me to want to do better I've always set goals and always wanted to uh to achieve them and I was just lucky at that really I mean obviously the influence was around me I think it's around everybody really you know but I managed to stick on the right track and it's one of the lucky ones Boxing's an amazing sport that way isn't it the, particularly young lads getting involved in, in amateur boxing huge tradition as you know in Cork it's it's very good for young lads isn't it why is well, that yeah. and I think it's I think as well as you know it's, it's the areas I mean you know when you, when you grow up in, in nice places boxing clubs aren't that accessible, you know, and, and the same for kids that come from maybe poverty or disadvantaged areas. They only know boxing gyms, they only know, you know, tough, tough sports that they don't get. I mean, tennis and golf is inaccessible, isn't it, in, in rough areas. And how, how did you get involved in boxing first? I, I suppose back then, you know, when we were young and back when we started in Talker Boxing Club, I mean, there was, there was a boxing club, I guess, 500 yards everywhere you went. It was an area in Cork City back, you know, even back 20 years ago. Yeah. So, it, it was there and that's what the kids did you know the kids and the kids from the estates we, we went boxing and yeah. you know we played Gaelic games it was one of the two but the GA was always a bit too tough for me so boxing was easy you get <laughs> away the GA was too tough but boxing was <laughs> people talk about it being a rough sport but it's it, it's actually a sport that teaches you huge discipline isn't it yeah yeah exactly I mean you're told you're told to hit when you have to hit you're told to stop when you got to stop you know I mean that's control that's discipline that takes a lot of you know years of mentoring and proper coaching 100% yeah and one of the great things about it is it does keep fellas young lads on the straight and narrow it keeps them or helps at, at least yeah. helps them to avoid getting into gang culture and stuff like why, why do you think that is James? I think as well as being it's been around. I mean, going to a boxing gym, you're around kind of like-minded people who, who you know, there's more opportunities there for them, you know. And it's just giving that, like when you're around kids that of the same, the more you want to be pushed, you want to be, you know, you're motivated, you're inspired, you're empowered. And the hub, you know, like a boxing gym, the coaches and the trainers, they're like a fodder figure to some of these kids, you know. I mean, I know more about the kids' home lives that come down my gym than their own parents, you know? You know, the old saying, kids in sports stay out of court. It's like, you know, giving kids that opportunity and trying to ensure that the right people are there to push them forward. They don't want to see, you know, guys in a shirt and tie or the probation officer or the, you know, the people ticking boxes. They, they want to see the coach. They want to see, we're like physical counsellors, you know? It's a very good way of putting it. So, come back to knives and that awful experience there just recently now of of the lad that you that you knew of. Do you know when a when a young man reaches a point in his teens where he joins a gang and picks up a knife for the first time? 
have you you've probably studied what what pushes young lads that way what is it it's difficult as it is the, you know the one that the, the fitting in isn't it and, I mean it's as well as a fair factor I think a lot of the kids they feel like they have to they simply have to carry a knife to defend themselves you know it's not it's not the fact that they want to go out to hurt somebody or, or to get hurt themselves because they really know the outcome and what's going to happen but it's that fair factor I mean, the, the biggest problem we have really in Essex here is, is the county line drug gangs. I mean, very high profile drug gangs. Uh, I've had like nine year old kids, as young as nine, that, that have been referred to me, you know, to try and like literally safeguard them, really. Is the boxing is almost there as a last resort, but, you know, the, the councils are that desperate that they're referring these young kids to me to try and, you know, to try and save them from the gangs. At nine, they're in gangs. Nine years old. That's the youngest. When they rang me, I just couldn't believe the age. But they're nine and they're carrying the weapons and drugs and money. So they're sent on the trains. They're sent on the trains. But the reason why they're carrying a weapon is because if they lose the drugs, they lose the money that they're handing off, they can't go back to the gangs. So they were so much in fear of losing the drugs, losing the money, because the gangs have infiltrated them in that way, that they're carrying, because you know, they're, they're willing to do anything to stop the drugs and the money getting taken from them. What kind of a sick individual puts a nine-year-old child in that position? It's, it's a horrible food chain. It's, very, very, yeah. it's a very horrible food chain. I mean, there's, there's lots of big, there's lots of big uh, police things going on over here in Essex with all the drug cartels and that but yeah it's yeah it's very very sick a nine year old child nine year old kid and and like I mean I obviously wouldn't want you to be identifying anybody but I mean how does it happen that a nine year old ends up with a knife in his hand collecting money for drugs but it goes down the chain I mean that these kids are the kids that you think are safe you know down the local park mixing even during during lockdown and stuff like mixing with other kids and there's then there's then youths, maybe 15, 16 year olds that are there put in place to basically recruit these younger kids because these younger kids won't get stopped generally on the trains or, you know, they get away with the with passing the drugs around easier. So they literally just infiltrate. They're, they're, they're set recruiters sent into these local parks to recruit these young kids at the youngest age. Is it the dream of, of money in your pocket? Yeah, I mean, they're very well rewarded, but obviously what, com- what comes with big rewards is big risks. Once they're in, that's they, they put the fear in something, and the kids, obviously, it's just impossible to leave, isn't it? Like It's like any like any drug, you go into bigger things, and that's exactly what being in any gang is going to lead to. And is there a thing that, you know, a harmless bunch of young lads who just, say, hang around in a park, kicking a ball, or just playing around, doing harmless things, they're targeted as a group to bring them all in? They're targeted in terms of, you know, I think like any, like there's a million and one reasons, but I think like any any group of young lads, someone wants to be the big boy, someone wants to be the leader of the gang, someone wants, so there's always that one kid, you know, that that wants to put himself forward, isn't there? Always a class clown, always there. But, you know. Will he be the guy who first brings the knife? Yes, yeah, yeah. Is there always, is there always one that starts... There, there, there is always one because I mean, we I know from even even from nice areas and nice towns where, you know, where I was even kind of ten miles away from the towns that were bad. Now, now we're seeing. I mean, we've had some other knife incidents around Christmas and New Year, literally around the block from me, and these things are pushing out. You know what I mean? Further and further into the suburbs and into into these areas, and it's it's getting deeper and deeper, which is very very worrying. I've got three young kids myself, you know, and that's the reason why I'm, well, I'm just playing my part and doing the best I can do because yeah. 
you know, you want to leave the, the towns and the places in a better situation for them, don't you? And what, you know. This kind of thing where adults look at youngsters in, in gangs and they think, ah, shit, they're harmless, they're not doing any harm. But, but there's something that the older generation doesn't see because it's well hidden from them, isn't there? Yeah, we don't see. And to be honest, I'm always very, very surprised sometimes when, you know, there's a, a lad comes into the gym and then someone will, you know, notify me and say, oh, so, you know, you know, this is Southend's most prolific, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, geez, sometimes I don't see it myself. And I think it's one of those things you'd always find hard, you know, anything can surprise you these days. And they're the kids sometimes that, you know, will get away with it, I guess, because they're not, they're the kids not playing up. They're making, they're making good money. They're living the life and they're keeping their heads down and getting on with it, which is, uh, they're the crafty ones, yeah. So how did you come to the point where you came up with the knife amnesty idea like where, first of all where did it come from but what what was the motivation to try to do it besides your own kids the, the motivation really was I guess I mean we looked at how I mean like I said I'm on I'm on the train station so it's an everyday occasion that the, the transport police are sealing off areas and they're pulling into the car park in the gym and you see a lot going on where I am so uh, we, we started off with some community projects and Actually, we started off in some schools doing a behavioural management programme to try and nip things in the bud, you know. So uh, we were sending trainers out to schools and helping some of the schools with some behavioural management by literally running, you know, boxing and activity programmes and after-school clubs. And from there, really, you know, you found out that was always the kind of, the one or two worst kids that were kind of dragging the things down, which obviously had a bit more serious intentions. So we decided just to go bigger with a project and we got involved with the... Uh, we contacted like, the Essex Police and the Youth Defending Services in the local areas and just kind of combined to share information and to uh, to get this project going. It's called Cowards Carry Knives and uh, Knives, you know, Knives Down, Gloves Up. One of them started in London that was similar and, uh, yeah, we just went from there really and we seen what, what they had put in place. And what was it? Come and hand in the knife, no questions asked. The, the actual amnesty itself, yeah, like the, the knife bin as such that the, the police put there. I mean, that is just another, you know, another small piece of what we're, it's a way of reaching out, really. So doing that through local media and newspapers was we were offering a free gym membership to the kids because some of the kids that I look after that are, you know, in the worst situation that come from domestic abuse and, you know, they, they could never pay me gym membership anyway. And being a bit of a soft, well, at the beginning, I said being a bit of a soft touch, but as I said, these kids, you know, this was their only, this was their only safe haven. They were going back to this, you know, these houses full of domestic abuse. And so I literally come up with this thing, like, you know, we all have to pay it forward. So basically I come up with a system that we would just roll out with, if they, you know, any, any kids handed in a knife, they would receive a gym membership. And it was a way of just trying to get them on the referral schemes and trying to safeguard them because we run other projects through the club. So it was just a, a reach out really another shout out to try and get the uh, just try and yeah bring in bring in their knife and, and did you notice that some of them came and, and got rid of the knife because of the offer of the membership yeah yeah they had to come and see me personally yeah they had to come and see me personally to uh, to do that and we put them on a referral scheme in um, how long we were running it obviously we've been locked down for the last year but it's gone for about 16, 18 months, I had seven, seven lads that had come forward 
seven different lads. I mean, and three of them actually went on to uh, represent us, like the, kind of the fight for the club and to, you know, so we've done really well with a few, with a handful of them lads. And do they talk to you about making that choice and, and why they made that choice? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, geez, I mean, we have to think with me sometimes. I don't get to sleep because I, I, I come home from the gym sometimes at 10 o'clock and I'm thinking, oh, where's so-and-so? You know, he's, he's gone off. I haven't seen him in a few weeks. But, uh, you know, because I've gone off the radar a little bit. And you, you genuinely worry about the kids. So, you know, I always throw him a text or a message, especially even now the last year in lockdown. I've, I've met a few of the lads down the kind of down the seafront and I just to just to stay in touch with them, just to keep them on track and to, you know, you know, lads, you know, the gym's back soon, we're back open. So just trying to stay in touch, trying to keep everyone together and trying, you know, because that's the thing, isn't it? Is that when they're not around and people, when that integration isn't there and they're not around like-minded people, they fall back into into old ways, you know? And and do they appreciate that this that there's a there's a thing as you I'm sure you know if you've heard of it James called the one good adult be the one good adult in a kid's life you make a huge difference so if are you kind of the one good adult in in these lads' life lives and do they appreciate it do they appreciate the text at half ten at night I look I, I know I, like like I know that some people do do take the pee a little bit with a with with the system and with some of the projects and some are referred on the projects because they really need to just tick the boxes and they don't want to be there but that's life isn't it you're going to win some and lose some as long as you know you're doing the best you can and sometimes you've got to reach out and some people just need that extra push as well you know or maybe we're not their light bulb and I bring in if I feel as a better person to work with that person you know whether that be like male or female or the, then I look to try and get the right person and you know the right person wearing the shoes of that person it's you know, there's someone for everyone. It it must be very rewarding to to see a lad that was headed the wrong way. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And I mean, I know we probably, you know, we lose more than we gain, like in terms of wit, trying to change people's lives. But the few that we do, yeah, certainly, it, it is very rewarding. Very rewarding because, yeah, you look at them and even just looking at them, you know, even people that I haven't seen in a, in a number of years and then I've turned their lives around and sometimes, you know, I, I just check them out on social media. I just seen them clean cut, you know, wearing nice clothes, having it, holding down a job. That They're the rewarding things, you know, that they become a man, that they're actually going to work nine to five. They're the things that please me, you know. Yeah. That they got a future. There's a future there for them. And, and they've, they've, you know, they've taken an opportunity and they've rode with the opportunity. That's, that's life, isn't it? That's, yeah. And that may well have come from knives down, gloves up yeah he's like yeah well we're all part and parcel I think every business can play a part you know regardless of what you want to call it and regardless of what business you run whether it's an office thing where you know there's big incentives going forward with mental health and over here I know that everything works differently but the government are offering all these apprenticeship schemes to businesses to try and take younger kids on and everyone can play their part you know if you just you know if just for, just for one person there, there is there is things there and we just got to uh, everybody in the community has got to play a part I think you know it's not up to the boxing coaches or the, the trainers or the, the hubs of the community everybody can play a part being a parent yourself has been a real motivator for this hasn't it though yeah certainly I mean I'd, three young kids that are now you know 11 13 14 they're, they're all going into teenagers so uh, they're at the age where they would be they would be prey for some of these gangs Certainly, and I'm, I'm well aware of that. And I'm listening, asking them, trying to make them accountable. You know, will you be playing? Where, where are you going? The usual, well, you'd like to think the usual is the usual parenting stuff, but I'd rather play bad cop than good cop. You know, they can, uh, 
thinking that, you know, I hate me for it for a few years, but I'd rather them get to an age where they think, oh, actually, you know, dad was right, or dad was only looking out for us. Uh, I'm not necessarily your friend, I'm your dad. Exactly. Yeah. There's probably people listening to us, James, who, who are worried about not just a teenager, but worried about a six, seven and eight year old. Yeah, and I was getting younger. What's ahead of them in, in five years? What advice would you have for parents? It's the influence, isn't it? And I think, you know, now with social media, things are so accessible, you know, from, from online bullying to, I mean, you know, my, one of my kids, I was, you know, I had a bit of a, an issue with him with being besotted about, you know, likes and followers and, oh, dad, with this and that, and, you know, on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And I got so many likes and followers. But the kids, I've grew up with this, you know, this belief that they have, it's how they're viewed and how they're, you know, there's, there's no self love there, isn't it? The love come, they feel like they've got to have all this influence around them to, to feel, you know, to feel like they're somebody, to feel like they have an identity. So their identity is on like social media. And you know all these like real life skills are missing, aren't they? And that's why, that's why again things like with sport and getting kids into like trying to identify what your kids' hobbies and interests are from a very young age, and then basically like I was just saying to you actually uh, on the call earlier about you know the kids trying to find to get to get on the Zoom call, but the kids are all on football you know, mastery things and dance lessons and whatever. I mean, I'm well aware that's not accessible to, to everyone, but it's trying to push your kids to trying to basically grasp as many interests and hobbies as you can from an early age, you know, to keep them busy and to keep them, you know, knowing you've done your best really and that's all you can do, isn't it? Yeah, it's your job in a way, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Setting boundaries and of course it is, you know, just trying to find the balance. But it is, it is a very, very tough one you know, for kids and, it's getting younger. I mean, these kids are eight or nine wanting to be men now, you know? There's, there is, there's, there's no childhood anymore, is there? Yeah, they grow up too fast. It's not, it's true. And it's going to get faster. They're, they're giving a phone when they're, you know, they're playing on mommy and daddy's phone when they're four or five years older. It's there, isn't it? And exactly, the childhood is very, very short now. But that's why it's so important to try and, like I said, not to, not to let these kids just sit on their Xboxes and you've got to get them out, get them out there, get them out in the fresh air get them moving and that's why I really feel our parents should be accountable for more you know it is up to us it's easy to sit there and moan about them you know you've got to do that you've got to get up and get the kids out come back finally again to the whole getting the kids into sport getting them into the boxing getting them into the gym have you any understanding James about why Mike that why like in the case of the fellas who were headed the wrong road and now they're representing the gym and they're going to change their lives how come a gym and a coach works when police intervention doesn't police in, police intervention i mean what what we think about police enforcement really is not you you got to tackle the root i mean the root causes the way people become you know like involved in in knife crime and violent crime why did they become involved in that in the first place so the police is there you know some of it's a great system the rehabilitation programs the this the that but that's the aftermath isn't it i mean that's that's the end result like we've got to be nipping these things in the bud we've got to be tackling the root causes and that's why the gym is that piece of the puzzle at the beginning you know, because like I said about being the physical counselling, being the, you know, g- giving them more opportunities around like-minded people, that social integration, you know, the police isn't the answer. That's, 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 that's the result of them. That's the result of the crime, you know. Yeah. And is it that the gym, the boxing, the sport, it gives them something 
to focus on something to grow with rather than growing with a gang with a knife in your hand running around after bags of drugs? Yes, yes, certainly, certainly. I mean, boxing, you know, it just happens to be obviously a great for stress busting and mentally and physically, you know, a great way to release aggression. So that helps as well, obviously, releasing endorphins. We're all controlled by hormones. So, you know, when you, when you get those feel-good hormones flowing from any sport, that, that's you, isn't it? You're, you're not longer, the, you know, you're not sitting there with anxiety and depression and, you know, you're next pick-me-up from drugs or alcohol or, you know, you're getting those feel-good hormones into you. That's why sport is fantastic. I'm I'm very glad that we got in touch with you because the, Andrew, who contacted us, told us about what you'd managed to achieve over there. And like you said, you yourself say, well, it might only be a handful, but, but it's a handful of lads whose whose path you've managed to change. James, it, it's fantastic work that you're doing. Do you ever get home to Cork these days? Uh, yeah. 12 months. I'm home quite regularly. Uh, when, uh, before lockdown, I, I go home as, as much as I can, to be honest. I've got a little regular flight slot on a stands at the Cork flight so yeah there's nothing like I arrive about half past nine morning back to Toker so I'm, I ring my mum in the airport and she's already putting on the old clinical to uh, sausages and pudding so I do I do miss that <laughs> but I'm stocked up over here the way I order online so uh, yeah. I don't go short of Barry's tea and uh and breakfast that's for sure listen it is great talking to you James thanks PJ thank you very much and, t- and thanks for taking our call no worries at all take care bye bye Lovely fella. We actually stayed talking for longer than that. Corks 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.